Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars-Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. And uh, we have, yet again, another terrific show. And I am joined by my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host, the one and only Mosaic. How you doing, Mo? Uh-oh, you're on mute. My bad. I'm good. I am so good. It's been a crazy day today, but I am here. <laughs> All right. And I'm so glad that you are here, Mosaic. Uh, <laughs> all right. Everybody's in the bed except for me. What's up with that? Me is Bill. Uh, the, man. <laughs> Working with the children's today has got me going crazy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, also, um, so we're going to... Um, have yet again another great show and i'm very excited about it um now uh our great guest tonight um made a little accident and gave out our um the wrong link he gave the link to be on the show uh so i guess this is one of your people therese uh yeah yeah, yeah. oh my bad yo man see you ain't give me the link to you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, well, it was on the uh, event page, but it's all good. Uh, so, so, um, so just so people will know, uh, but you know, um, you want to go to YouTube uh, and check it out, or of course on Facebook. So, um, all right, so let's get to our guest now. This is our second interview in our series of funny people. Uh, we had comedian clips on before, and now we have. A brother by the name of Wayne Payne, comedian. How you doing? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thanks thank for having you. me. Yeah, maybe I should have gotten to bed too, so I could, you know, we all, you know, will be. I in. mean, you know, I I got the the setup, but you know, I'm doing a little remodeling, you know, with the studio here. So this is the best um, view, um, you know, I, that I could give right now, you know. Especially it being, you know, so last minute real quick, you know, I had to audible and make something happen. Now, I feel you on that. I mean, <laughs> you got to do that. You got to be in bed doing your show. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. I woke up, you know, late and then I was like, my husband's already downstairs watching I would have to push him out the house, you know, out the living room and everything. I was like. I'll just stay up here. Yeah. You watching me? Well, on the thing, on the interview? Yes. Yeah? Aw. Is that uh, your kid? This, no, this is my nephew, Landon. Come on, Landon, you want, no, you want to give a shout out? No? All right, he's shy. All right. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So, one of the reasons, well, well, the reason we had you on the show is you are a comedian and we're going to get into your comedy career. But as we like to do, since this is your first time on the program, give us a little background into who you are. So uh, tell us where you're from originally. Um, I'm originally, you know, I was born here in the Bronx. Um, you know, my parents are from uh, the Virgin Islands, um, the Caribbean Islands, uh, St. Croix, St. Thomas. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of family all over the Caribbean, um, you know, and just all over the world. Mm. Okay. Um, and, uh, so South Bronx? Um, well, I'm actually in the, uh, like, 
middle part of the Bronx. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, okay. you know, we think of Bronx, you know, everybody thinks of South Bronx. Right. You know, in South Bronx is, you know, uh, you know, Perfect. 160, 160, 161st. Well, actually, it was the the west side of hmm. the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Cedric Avenue, uh, hybrid, the High Bridge area. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm That's, about the Bronx, period. That's fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But and then it just spread, you know, throughout the Bronx and throughout the city. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, about Fordham, you know, the Fordham Road section, uh, west side section, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, what was it like growing up in the Bronx? Um, it was it was real. I could remember, you know, at the time, I remember, you know, there was a lot of vacant lots, um, you know, abandoned buildings and stuff like that. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you know, growing up, you know, I, I grew up in the hood, so you know, you you get to see a lot of things that um you get to see people you know doing what they got to do to survive you know what i'm saying you 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 get to see um what the tv doesn't really show you you know what i'm saying so you have people who grow up with a different perception uh you know of reality um that others don't uh actually see or can connect with you know what i'm saying so that's what makes you know people from the bronx so so unique people who come out of the hood so unique you know what i'm saying temporary layoffs <laughs> 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 that's what i thought when you when you were saying that <laughs> that popped into my head that song um okay so uh i don't know like a lot of us i'm from los angeles uh, mosaics from Michigan. So when I think of, you know, when I think of the Bronx or Brooklyn, I think of hip hop music. I think of, you know, that yeah, you know, it was a lot of that block parties. You know, what I'm saying? I remember block parties was a thing. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, skating. You know, people used to skate. It was a skate key. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Graffiti. You know, people break dancing, rapping. You know what I'm saying? I I sort of got the a little taste of that, you know what I'm saying, towards, you know, the late 80s, you know, going into the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Um but uh it was it was real, man, I tell you that. Were you a funny kid? Was I a funny kid? Um I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't really develop a sense of humor until maybe high school mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um but i was just normal average kid you know got had toys you know gi joes you know what i'm saying ninja turtles and stuff like that you know what i'm saying so you weren't like a class cut up or anything like that um no that didn't happen till like high school you know what i'm saying like when i started you know what i'm saying mm-hmm mm -hmm. experience little, and little life confidence and, in your, under your yeah, belt yeah 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 you know what i mean Girls checking you out and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, so what what is it that you wanted to do when you um were you with someone that knew what you wanted out of your life when you were in high school, or did it take you a long time to kind of no, nah, it took me a minute, man. I didn't I I wasn't one of those people that said, you know, hey, I always wanted to do um 
comedy when I was seven years old. You know what I'm saying? I that's something that I developed in um as I, you know, matured, you know, or um I had a you know, it was people from my community where I, where I lived at the time, um, you know what I'm saying, on McCool's Road, uh, where, you know, we would do these, like, skits, you know what I'm saying, like, these these acting skits, and, you know, we would, you know, snap on each other and tell jokes and things like that. So, you know, all of that added to it, um, you know what I'm saying? No, I feel you on that. You know, my uh, my my brother was uh, he was a DJ, so you know what I'm saying. I was I grew up around a lot of culture. You know what I'm saying. A lot of you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I feel you. So what what happened after high school? What'd you do? Um, after high school, I had went to I had went to college, which seemed like the right decision to do. Um, but then I look back on it, I mean. <laughs> you know it, it 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 was right at the time but you know the the you know the, the student loan debt and you know what i'm saying the the network you know what i mean wasn't really what i thought it would be you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's that student loan debt man uh, yeah <laughs> That should have follow you to your grave, and then you'd be like, you'd be in heaven, and it's still calling. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, man. If it wasn't for that, I have an eight hundred credit score right now, man. Man, if I see Sally May in the street, I'm gonna whoop the hell ass. That's what. I, that's all I got to say about student loans. <laughs> I don't like Sally May. <laughs> Sally May or Freddie Mac. It's not like a pimp and a, a prostitute. <laughs> but you know, when when I was in college, I did learn you know mass communication you know because i didn't know nothing like i didn't know what i was wanted to do you know so i just went because uh people said you should go you know what I'm i didn't you know what I'm saying? i didn't really know i didn't really have the the right guidance on um success and and things like that you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. but yeah that you know I, dev- I, I i was into mass communications and you know i learned the art of television you know, um, I learned how to make television and and create um, content um, for a massive people. So uh, that's sort of where or what led me into doing stand-up comedy, right? Because um, after I got out of college, you know, I was had this production mindset and you know, working with tele in television stuff like that. The first gig I got when I got out of college was, um, I was a production assistant for the food, this production company on the Food Network that produced uh, the Paula Dean show. I don't know if y'all remember the Paula Dean show. Yeah, I remember her crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was working on that show as a production assistant. Um, and then right after that, I had did public access. Uh, I was a producer of Public Access. I had my own show on uh, Public Access TV here in the Bronx. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Like, this this production thing is too expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got to pay for people to work with you and the camera and stuff, equipment is too expensive and all of that. I was like, 
how am I going to get my content out here? And I can't, you know, say I can't afford none of that. So I was like, you know what? How can I cut costs but still be a content creator? So I came across comedy, you know what I'm saying? Um, because when you're on stage, you're the writer, you're the director, you're the producer, you're the talent, you know, and, and simultaneously. So that's how I really, you know, got into it, you know, and all of the things and that I grew up around, you know what I'm saying? It, it added to that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, I mean, look, I've talked about this many times. There's one kind of person who is like funny around their friends and their family can, you know, make, make sister so-and-so crack up at church, you know, Right, right. And then there's that person who can go up on stage and entertain an audience. So what what was it that you thought made you that that dude to go up there on stage? Like you could not just be the funny guy, maybe right friend circle, but versus you know being a stand. Well, I mean, I had to try something, man, because I had went through you know job uh, job loss. You know, I had a really good job, and you know the politics of the of the job had forced me out so i i was like you know what effort you know i'm gonna just go full force with with my talents and my my god-given abilities and make something happen out of nothing you know what i mean no oh, yeah. yeah 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 so do you remember that first time going on stage and you must right yeah i remember that first time um it was it was dope. It, it was dope, man, because the first time right I had wrote out my set, I didn't even know how to write a set. I just wrote out I wrote it as like an essay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was like about five, like three, four, five pages or something like that. And I remember when I said my first joke, I heard the laugh. I heard a, it was like a ripple effect from the front row all the way to the back of the room. And I felt that come right back to energy. It was like a wave, like yeah, it feels good, especially when you get that. You know what I'm saying? And once that happened, boom, I was hooked. That was it. How long did you? Oh, go ahead. So, do you have any comedic influence? Influences? Um, not when I started, but eventually, I I did. You know what I'm saying? With the other uh, people that I would meet um here in new york city you know what i'm saying um i know you know when you ask that you know everyone says you know richard pryor and you know and eddie murphy and you know respect to, to them um but you know i was more closely connected to the people that were around me who were funny to me you know what i'm saying people i grew up with and um the people that i was around when I started doing comedy, you know, or who, you know, who helped me develop. I love it. Stephanie. He said he, she saw you shoot your shot room on clubhouse. Who's that? Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hey, Stephanie, you got to invite me to that room. <laughs> oh, 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 she, she, she heard me before. Yeah. She said she saw you on the shoot your shot room on clubhouse. Oh, shoot your shot. Oh, oh, Future shot room. I don't even remember that. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny though. Like I, I've done stand-up just a little bit. Um, and I remember like the first time I went on, 
it was it was only like 20 something people in the audience it was late at night mm-hmm. and um it was so funny like i thought i'd be nervous but i was actually really excited mm-hmm. i was real excited and um it's so funny now i think about the joke i started at started with was it was just kind of maybe over the top nasty and uh, you know but you know you're supposed to i guess save those for later and i said you know i'm gonna just come out the gate with my nastiest joke and either uh alienate the audience or you know get a laugh and thank god i got that first laugh and it was funny the host of the um the room um before we went on he asked me how to pronounce my name and i told him my name was kente right Mm -hmm. this negro Said, coming to the stage, night. <laughs> I, I swear, I wanted to sock this for, you know. But I went up, did um, I did seven minutes, right? And which, you know, seemed like it. You know, I did it so. I was so. Uh, I had timed it and everything because I knew I would have that link, and I did it so fast. That I think I I think I was short like a minute and a half. Like I did it fast, right? And um, they were like, "Yo, no, you got to finish. You got to finish your time." So I had to just <laughs> BS because I didn't know that they were gonna make me, you know. So I had to BS up on there. And when I came off stage, I got laughs, right? I came off stage and the and he won me back over because he said that was a he said you did a really good job, uh, Kente. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know. And then he then he said something nice about me, you know. So I guess I earned him saying my name properly. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something else, man. Like I that's why I have a lot of respect, especially for people who have the balls to go up on the stage, because it, it's a uh, you know, and people's humor is different. You yeah. never, know, you know, you never know. And but um, just to have that that um, you know, I haven't bombed yet. So I don't know what that's like, you know, yeah. but I, I mean, it's, I it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a bad feeling and you sort of want to get back to, you sort of want to get back on stage after that so that you could get rid of that feeling. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that feeling don't go away until you get back on stage and, you know, conquer or succeed, you know, because right. it'll stay on you. It'll stick with you. You know what I'm saying? I remember I remember the first time I bombed. Um it was like in this hole in the wall spot, like it was like a bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um uh it was like this Jamaican dude, right? I was, you know, going through my set and like it was like probably the first minute, I guess the first joke thing I hit. Then I tried the second one and then this dude stood up and he was like, Come off the stage, man. Get <laughs> off the stage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and you know that that was that was the first time I, I I bombed. Oh wow! Yeah, you know I always hear about like my friends who do it, like people who get that early success, and then they start thinking they're really good, and then you know then it catches up with you, and then you know they had that moment. Yeah, that's one thing about comedy; it'll catch up to you real quick. In, in fact, they'll catch up to you immediately. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because I know the first time I did Caroline's on Broadway here in New York City, you know, I did the new talent night. And, you know, I have I had about like a bunch of people come see me, like 20, 20 some people, you know, people like my friends and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I did a good job and I killed it. And then 
I tried to go. I went back like the the next night. Um, I think Chris Rock or somebody was there, and I went to go see them. And um, the lady at the door, I was like, she was like, oh, "I'm sorry, it's two drink minimum." And I was like, "I'm sorry, but my name is Wayne Payne. I just performed here." And she was like, "Okay, it's two drink minimum." <laughs> you know and i was like uh but i just she's like sir i'm sorry you're gonna have to step aside <laughs> we have customers coming <laughs> you know so yeah that, that, that was definitely humbling I, 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 I like i used to hang out at comedy clubs all the time and and uh you know and i missed that like COVID, like i missed it the last show i went to see was it was a really good show uh tony rock was the mc and uh, his brother, his younger brother, uh, went mm -hmm. on. You know, he did it pretty good. And there was a bunch of other comedians that, you know, they it actually it was pretty. Because sometimes you know how some of these shows are, uh, where it might be, you know, two might be good and three and and you know, but it was yeah. pretty. Much everybody did really well. And the funny thing was, um, you don't want to stand out in a comedy club. Yeah. Because all night they left with you, every comedian, right? So, yeah. so if you're wearing a weird shirt, you know, or you got a yeah. neck or, you know, like every So you always, you just want to be nondescript, you know, and <laughs> go right there, unless you want, unless you want it with the, uh, right. but, uh, you know, he didn't mess with me though. Uh, Tony didn't mess with me, but uh, he was messing with everybody. He skipped me. Uh, and, uh, and there was two big brothers in front of me, like like buff guys, and this was right around the Jesse Smollett thing. Mm -hmm. So he was calling them the Nigerian, the two Nigerians that. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, kept, he kept calling them, and they, you know, it was pretty funny. Those guys were huge, man, and they were sitting like right in front of me. So, but uh, it was like the Laugh Factory out here. Uh, have you played in there yet? Um, no, I only did the Comedy Store. Okay. Oh, you did it out here. Okay, that's yeah, the yeah. big place. Is the comedy store? Yeah. First time. The first time I went out there, I got it on. I love the store. Yeah, I did the. Uh, I forgot what night. That was a Monday night. The uh, the potluck show. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What Thanksgiving, right? No, it was. Uh, it was. No, they do it every. I think every Monday. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was like on. It was a Monday night, and it was. It was like a Monday night looking like a Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it was just packed. And I was like, whoa, this is LA. I'm in LA. Whoa, yeah. I seen J Joe Namath. Oh, uh, wow. You know comedy, what I'm saying? Comedy store is, well, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like after COVID, but the right. comedy store was popping for a Yo, while. Yo, that joint was popping, man. People, yeah. you know what I'm saying, smoke weed and, you know, drinks and you see celebrities and, you know, you, you really get that Hollywood, um, bite <laughs> you know hollywood really will, will bite you that hollywood vampire will bite you you know you what happy you thinking you you in the mix you, you did. <laughs> you know what? at the comedy store like before covid every night they had monsters performing like yeah, every yeah. night it was like wow you know, like yeah you, you know what's funny i remember the night that i went um i seen pete holmes from you know, he's a comic and he I had did some scene work with P. Holmes in HBO's Crashing season okay. one. And I went out there and I saw him and I was like, oh, my God, it's Pete. 
I was like, hey, Pete, what's up, man? It's, you know, he didn't even know my name. He didn't remember me. He was like, oh, yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Yo, Pete? um, mm -hmm. Kente, dude, you, you got like a little curse commercial break or segue or something like that? Because I can use the bathroom, man. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> now, real quick, real quick. All right. It's funny. All right. Okay, so while we do, while he's using the bathroom, I think this is a first. Uh, while he's using the bathroom, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening. I see Stephanie and Robert in the chat. I see uh, uh, Donnie Price in the chat. Uh, Yolanda Phillips is in the chat. Uh, there's a lot more people. Please make your, yourself be known so I can give y'all a shout out. I guess this is a good time to. I have a. Um, something happened yesterday and it. I was going to start the show off with this, but I guess I'll use this. I'm going to tell a story. So there's a, um, there's a, uh, awesome. There's oh, a possum. Quick, man. Oh, back. All right, well, I'll, I'll finish my story real quick. So there's a possum that a giant possum that's been <laughs> roaming oh God, garbage disposals. Right. They've been, it's been roaming my neighborhood. Right. And this Negro I guess he decides that he's going to live at my house, right? <laughs> and I've seen him a couple of times and he walks in and out like he owns the place, right? So um, I'm tired of him, right? Got some nerve, right? Right. So, and this, you know, possums are ugly to look at and everything. But they're keeping vermin away from you. Right. Well, we'll get to that. So <laughs> I, I, I call animal control because back in the day you could call animal control and they'll bring a cage oh, you know. they'll, they'll trap him right so i called animal control because i wanted one of those cages so i can trap his ass and get rid of him so i call animal control and they said they said that um this possum uh you can't we don't trap him no more that, <laughs> that possums, he said this is this, a brother told me this possums and raccoons are protected they are on the protected list and mm -hmm. that you can't. And I said, well, what if I trap them myself or like use poison? And he was like, you better not. The dude said you better not. You'll get fined. And then he, he said, you better not. And he said the only way they would deal with him. He said, then he goes, this is, mind you, this is the middle of the day yesterday. Mm -hmm. He says, well, do you know where he's at right now? I said, no, I don't know where he's at. What I got to track him? I don't know where this, this dude is at. And he said, the only way we'll come out to deal with him is if he is, if you see him in the daytime, because now he's breaking his nocturnal habits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could have rabies at that point. And but I the said, possum is good for it. It's, so it's I, pretty good. I, you know, well, then I'll send him to your house. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. So I'm like, so what am I? So I'm supposed, if I see him in the daytime, and they, they didn't even say they'd get him in the daytime. They said, they, I have to call them when I see him. If I see him in the daytime, he's going to come out. They're going to come out whenever, how long it may take. And then they're going to look at this possum. And then they're going to, um, and then they said they got to study him, right? To make sure that uh, there's something wrong with him. And then if he passes this, you know, the whatever test, then they'll take him. Yeah. You know, that, that you know that—that's how they look at us as African Americans. You know what I'm saying? That, actually, I could kill—I could kill another brother. Apparently, I better not kill that possum. 
So, you know, I was I was telling my friend, I said, so basically, if I kill this possum, I might have to call you in the middle of the night and say, hey, can you help me get rid of this body? <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to wrap him up, take him out to the ocean, get in the boat, put uh, the weight, and, you know, because we can't have the body coming back, you know, because then I'll get, you know. Long as the possum's not going in places like inside your house or something, like, I wouldn't really worry about him because he's gonna he's gonna eat other vermin and stuff that that hang out that can possibly get into you. Yeah, that's what that's that's what, affirm, that's what affirmative action was. It was like, all right, you have to hire some colors now. You cannot. <laughs> Wait, but check this out, though. I have. Why do I pay a pest control place? Right, they they can't they get rid of the vermin. Right, except for possums. Now I know why. It's because these yeah. are protected. They're protected. Yeah, because they're actually good for the environment. They're literally God's garbage disposal. And they can go. Why? Why can't they? They can live three down houses down and protect. I'm good. I I think I can protect. I'm tired of seeing is that. But now I see why he looks so smug when I see him because he knows he's protected. <laughs> you sound like my dad. My dad hates groundhogs. <laughs> He has an ongoing beef with the groundhogs in his yard. They the only they the only animals that that act. <laughs> yeah, possibly. They act. They're actually they're good, good too at playing dead. They look dead as hell, and then they'd be like, "Just playing." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, possums, that's, right? that's my, I, I have another possum story, but we'll say that for another day. All right, back to uh, that was our bathroom break, by the way. Story. Um, okay, so um, let's get back to like because you know, I always love to talk shop with comedians. Actually, I, I want to do a show that's just dealing, just I know it is like a million of them, but um, but I just talking about like the actual craft and all that kind of stuff. So allow me to dig in your mind just a little bit. But um, so do you when you talk to people? Or have something crazy happen to you? Do you automatically a light goes off and go bit, and like do you write it down, put it in your phone, or do you um, have a good call? Sometimes, or sometimes it'll just come. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll just be out about my day, and you know that light will go off, bing, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I gotta use this one, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what that's where the best one comes from. You know, when I'm just alone and just in thought and just boom, you know what I'm saying? It, mm. it, it, it'll come, you know, especially it comes from a lot of misfortune, too. Right. That's the best, the best. You know what I'm saying? Those are the best ones. You know what I'm saying? A lot of relationship experiences. You know what I'm saying? I've had, I've had a lot of uh, shipwrecks <laughs> um, when it comes to relationships and, you know, I've managed to turn them into something to laugh about, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I feel you. That that makes some of the best material, and then it also helps you get through some of that nonsense that happens in your life. Right? Yeah, it's just absurd. It's just absurd things that I don't know if it just happens to me, but like for example, like I remember I, I was dating this girl, and you know, she asked, she asked, she literally asked me, "Can I be more irresponsible?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like things like that is what I mean. You know, like <laughs> wow. Uh, did yeah. you apply 
Niger? Did you uh did you do that or did you just stay to who you are? Did I what? Did you uh did you become more no absolutely not? You crazy? <laughs> I'd be homeless right now in the street. Be more <laughs> Can you right. be more you know what you should have done was you should have made a date for her and then not pick and not actually show up <laughs> and said uh hey i'm giving you what you want sweetie more irresponsible yeah more irresponsibility <laughs> that's great um honey i quit my job <laughs> <laughs> how do you know if something is funny because um like i don't know like sometimes in your head you feel it right you feel right, right, right it's funny but then you start working it with people and then you know well do you have like a group that you can bounce stuff off of um sometimes you know um but how i know something is funny is because you know i sort of put myself in a mindset like would i laugh at this you know if i was in the audience Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i think a lot some people don't do that like they're like oh i'm i'm a comic and you know what i mean and they have this aura like just because i say i'm a comic means it's funny and and no you actually have to put yourself in the people's shoes you know what i'm saying you have to be connected to the people you know what i'm saying and, and, and and actually ask yourself, would I laugh at this? You know, you know what I'm saying? Is, is this funny? You know? Mm -hmm. Is there such thing as a, a cheap joke, you think? Cheap joke? Yeah, like uh, a you know, cheap laugh or whatever. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cheap, cheap laugh is when you, it's like generic stuff. You know what I'm saying? Something that doesn't really take much thought. Like a lot of Trump humor sometimes. Yeah, it was not created. Trend trendy things. You you know what I'm saying? Oh, this coronavirus is you know this like, coronavirus made me stop drinking coronas. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you know, I like I like a good fart joke though. <laughs> so <laughs> like like if you can make a good one, I give you props. So you know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, comedians too are the funniest ones, though, because uh, comedians don't want to laugh at other people's jokes. So when you make a comedian laugh, it's a good. You know, it's a good thing. Like a lot of comedians be hating, though. Like, come on now, especially if you're if you are um, not one of them, or if they don't consider you one of part of the tribe. Then it's just like, you know, like even if it's funny, they still try to, you know. So when you get them to laugh, it's it's always a, a it's a good thing. Um, before there was um, before there was uh, get vocal, which was a uh, a platform me and uh, Wayne met on through the great Danny Redwine. If she's out there, yeah. big shout out to Danny Redwine, uh, who's a great comedian, and we got to have her back on. Um, mm -hmm. We we met on this thing called Blab, which was very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, so they had like a room sometimes where it would be people, comedians on there. And uh, so I, you know, a lot of times I would go up on there and we would just, I'd just be funny. You know, uh, sometimes I use material. Sometimes I just tell funny stories 
you know, because I have like mm-hmm. a, a million funny stories. And it's funny how some nights, man, I would be like, it's Neo in the Matrix, you know, just yeah, bam, bam, bam. It's just everything I said was funny. And then sometimes it's crickets, you know, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, oh, wow. We just gonna act like that didn't, I didn't say that bad joke. So, but it was a good, it was a good little training ground, you know, to just work out, you know, material and try to be funny and stuff like that. And, um, you know, uh, I really, one thing about Corona is you started seeing a lot of comedians use alternative methods to try to do stand-up like zoom and all of that right. kind of stuff and uh even before coronavirus there's this thing a virtual world called uh a second life and they actually right. had comedy clubs in there and people would tell jokes and i actually went up on it like years ago and it was hard as hell because there's a delay so you know you want that instant feedback so you tell a joke and if there's like a 10 second delay when you don't hear any laughter, you're like, oh, shit, that bomb. And then, you hear, then you start moving on, and then it's ha, ha, ha. And you're like, oh. <laughs> of course, none of the comedians told me, like, there's ways to deal with that where it still feels free. Of course, they waited till after I uh, learned that. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. But, um, so there's a lot of these alternative methods. I mean, it's nothing like getting up on stage and performing that's the yeah, best it's not it's not like that man it's not like the real thing you know what right. i'm saying right mosaic yeah there's nothing like the real thing <laughs> i think that um some of the comedians that have used the online platforms to their advantage during this time are um like godfrey he's he's done some some funny shit and then you also have um uh what's his name oh it's my beach nigga <laughs> Uh, Michael Flaxen, yeah. yes. They have really, um, you know, used their platforms to their advantage during this yeah. time. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's funny? They were always doing that. They just, it, they just kept on. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a. I know a lot of people have their issues with Kevin Hart, right? And I'm definitely not a hater of his, but <laughs> he, he did a thing where he would call up people on IG and they started dissing each other. And <laughs> there was one with him and uh, Afian. Is that how you say his name? Afian Crockett? Oh, Afian. Afian. Sorry. Afian. Great talented brother, right? There was this one where they were like dissing each other. It was so funny. <laughs> like They were in tears at each other's jokes about each other. It was so funny. It was the those are the best things. Oh man, like he, like literally, Kevin Hart is crying at being made fun of by uh, Afian. It it was pretty funny. Was There's funny. nothing like a good cap session. Like that, you know, I grew up doing that. My grandmother was very funny, and she would talk about you as soon as you walked through the door. She'd talk about your mama. It was it was always jokes at our house. Yeah. Yeah, I love it though. Yeah, it's a you know, it's it's a lot of fun, man. And uh, there's a lot of roast roasting is is uh yeah now like as far as the um in uh media and stuff, they're, they're, it's like they discovered the roast, you know, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. 
So uh, um, they have the All Deaf channel on YouTube. You know, Kev on stage. I believe he he owns that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, so they have a lot of roasting going on there. And then there's also the Jeff Ross thing as well. So, uh, you know, I remember back in the day, they had this show called Snaps. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, um, you know, the Uptown Comedy Club used to, uh, you know, used to, used to do that too mm-hmm. back in um I think the early nineties um uh, where it was up up in Harlem one twenty about right up for one twenty fifth street you know where where it was filmed uh you know i I've met a lot of people from that era and um i actually actually worked with them you know what I'm saying and um you know from the stories I heard you know that was a great time to, to come up in comedy, mm-hmm. you know, mm. like people really were about the craft and they really loved what they do. Um, but today it's like, it's, you know, so full blown mainstream. It's like, you know, it's all about being cool and, you know, and, and Instagram followers. And all right. That. It's more of a fad, you know, like a fashion statement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a comedian, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do, do you think that during, like we were talking about roasting, a lot of people like to see people get roasted, but they don't like to be roasted. <laughs> oh, do you think this this generation of people that we have now that they're a little bit more sensitive, and you have to be careful, like what you say to them and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it depends on what what, what circle you in. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, the, it is people are a little bit more sensitive like you know what i'm saying you gotta be careful and you know what i'm saying people want to fight and you know <laughs> like you gotta you can't even say you can't even tell a woman she's doing something wrong and you know what i'm saying what you know you canceled the, you know what i'm saying <laughs> right so you gotta be careful man i've been canceled 19 times so <laughs> <laughs> canceled. I saying, uh, it canceled these nuts yeah (laughs) it it, it is what it is you know um but you know it's hey it is what it is man you you know if you're gonna look i'm fortunate because all my all my uh financial rewards come from my own you know working so uh my own business and stuff so i don't have to worry about if i get canceled i mean it's not gonna stop my that monkey ain't gonna stop my show. Right, right, right. Me, me either. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what can you do to me? And you know, I'm not. I ain't. You know, on that level to where you could be like, well, let's cancel Wayne Payne because <laughs> he said women are mean or something. You know. Right. Yeah. So you know, and I, I think whatever it is that you do, you should be able to stand on it. So if I think if you if you're gonna tell jokes that are, you know, risque or or whatever, you just gotta be able to stand on it. Right, right. So, and then, and honestly, I'm gonna say something that isn't popular amongst comedians, and a lot of comedians get mad at me for saying this, but my thing is, when people come at you for basically your material, you gotta stand on it. Like, if that's what you, like, don't yeah. apologize. And, you know, because you shouldn't say nothing that you should take back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, and then whatever the response is, is a response. 
people people have like the right the comedian has the right to say what he wants to say but you know if the audience want to be you know soft or whatever and be in their feelings it, it is what it is yeah so but, you stand on it but you yeah that's true but you also gotta be mindful that you know it is a business and you know some of the things that you want to say you have to you know, you have to marginalize it because you know you have you know paying customers and you do want to uh appease um their dollar you know you know what i'm saying because they're patronizing you you know what i'm saying they're coming and they're adding an economy to the environment right of stand-up comedy so i mean yeah you can have stuff that you really want to say but at the end of the day you sort of gotta uh you know add a little water to it maybe you know what i'm saying turn the heat down a little bit on it you know, right. you know what i mean uh, uh um yeah no I, I, <laughs> you know I, what i'm saying i, I agree i said and if you are gonna do it you gotta stand on it yeah so this is what so my thing is and then like i said people can be mad people can be mad i don't even you know i don't even take people's anger even if i feel like it's misplaced or weak i'm like that's just who they are and sometimes they're gonna be like that because they got nothing else better to do so <laughs> like i remember there was a um there's this comedian named tony hinchcliffe and uh very funny white comedian uh he's really good at roasting and uh he um he was doing it's on youtube he's doing a stand-up joke and he actually made a joke about Helen Keller. And if you know Helen Keller, the miracle. Oh, God. Right? And a woman in the audience got upset. And you could hear her audibly saying, I work with special needs children. And how dare you say that? <laughs> right? Like, oh, my God. And he, they were going to escort her out. He was like, no, no, let her stay there. Because I'm about to. And he obliterated her. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> He obliterates this woman. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, don't, don't kick her out. Come get this work. You know, basically. Yeah, a lot of people can't take that. Like, I have a couple people on Clubhouse now that like to roast people, but yeah, when I say stuff back or or I start in on people, then they get mm -hmm. all offended and stuff. But <laughs> my favorite place. You took I'm it too far. Follow me and on Clubhouse too. Huh? Follow me on Clubhouse too. Oh yeah, I will. Don't worry. Yeah, like sometimes, like you know, we get in a room. It's like, um, there's one, the one, um, there's a I got thirty room. The one of the creators, he's he's funny, but he likes to like like choose violence sometimes. And so, um, like I'll take his pictures and make memes out of them, and um, and you know, I get reactions. Like people laugh or whatever, but he doesn't get offended. But when I do that, I did that to a guy, and he was like in a, it's like a model or whatever. And I talked about his knees in a picture that he had posted. And he got so offended. <laughs> and then he tried to come for me. Like he was like, I can tell he wanted to say something about me being fat or whatever. I was like, come on, bring it. That, that stuff doesn't bother me. You know, mm -hmm. I know how to, you know, defend myself being, you know, a, a seasoned capper myself. <laughs> like right, I right. roast with some of the best of them sometimes. Like I don't take offense to stuff like that. I'm like, but don't think you can roast other people, but then can't nobody roast you. <laughs> Right, right, right. You gotta, you gotta be able to take what you dish out. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you can take a lick. You can give a lick. You can take one. 
Right. Now we're going to get into um, some of the, your work that you do uh, other than your stand-up comedy, but um, I, I want to ask you this question: As a, a man uh, who uh, are you single? Are you out there in the streets trying to date? Um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm single. Um, I ain't really trying to date. I mean, uh, I don't really see the value in it anymore. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just so, I put a lot of my energy towards self-improvement and, um, you know, my immediate family here. And, um, that's the reason why, the reason why I asked is because, um, I wanted to know, like, do you feel like being out there, do being a comedian or being a naturally funny cat, does that help you in the dating market? Do, do you feel like women really like a man that makes them laugh? Do you play oh. it down? You know? Yeah, yeah, that does. Of course, that does help. You know, sense of humor does help. Um, but you also got to have a sense of finance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no romance without fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I choose to put my finances in areas that are going to help me and other people you know what i'm saying um but that's just the climate that we in right now when it when it comes to dating you know what i'm saying you're starting to see a lot of people you know not really well i'll say this you know dating is for people who um or have a lot of money you know what I'm saying? People who are on a certain financial level to where they can go out and, you know, look nice and things like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's just my perspective on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it's bad or nobody shouldn't do it, but that's just been my uh, perspective from, you know, my personal walk of life. So you're saying uh, broke dudes shouldn't uh, try to uh, date? <laughs> I mean, you should try to date if that's what you're into and you you want to do that. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think that you shouldn't tell somebody that you can't date me because you don't have enough money or because, you know, yeah, whatever your circumstances are. You're not high value. Right. <laughs> you know, thing is, talk things like that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because that, you know it pisses on the fabric of dating. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what you do when you do that. You know what I'm saying? And I remember I posed this question the other day. It was a room on Clubhouse. And um, some women said that, yeah, if you're unemployed or you don't have any money, you shouldn't be dating. You know, you don't, I wouldn't want you to date me. You shouldn't even approach me. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. date me. You know, this is how women talk. You know, you shouldn't even approach me. You know what I'm saying? And I asked her, I said, well, if you feel that he's unemployed and he shouldn't date you or approach you, um, should he even protect you? Right. If something goes down, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Should Or should he just walk on by? <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm broke, so I can't help you. <laughs> like, you know, I'm married, so I'm out the dating game. But when you focus on what a man has in his pockets then you just basically get what 
you focus on and you might end up in his pocket and but eventually he can empty his pockets <laughs> including you and drop you as, as as well but it's like you can't proceed in a relationship with uh, you know what a person has i mean i don't want you to be a homosexual <laughs> you know but, right 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 <laughs> but you know i mean you you should have some type of you know should be able to do i think it gets problematic sometimes like there's been some stories i've heard even on clubhouse where um a guy took a girl out on a date and they went to a petite took her to a particular restaurant and then he got mad because of what she ordered but it's like okay well if you couldn't afford to eat at the place you were going you probably should not have went there like you can't be mad at the person because they ordered yeah, no, this is how you do it. When you take her to that restaurant, you take some uh red construction paper and then you just take her menu and you just blot out all the stuff that she can <laughs> That would be messed up. Right? Yeah, you know, like yeah, you can't order from here, you can't order from you here. Know, and that's that's great that you're married. Stay married, whatever you know the situation is. Stay in your marriage because it's ugly out here. I'm telling you, like don't even. No, I know. Don't even think about it. Three years, so <laughs> yeah, stay. Yeah, whatever he do, just you know, turn the other head or whatever. But <laughs> stay. You know what I mean? Because it's it ain't pretty. I trust me for somebody who's out here. It's it's not pretty. It's not a, not pretty at all. Yeah, relationships are so transactional. It's about what Oh yeah, it's straight transactional. Provide. You know what I'm saying? And um that's 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 what I mean, where it's like, you know what I mean? Where's the like where's the real value? Like it's all transactional. And I mean it's I think that's that's the way it is now. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like how can you tell somebody or or show somebody the value in that when it's transactional you know especially like for a guy for for example who really doesn't need that to do that you know what i'm saying he's actually taking his time and energy and he's putting it into someone else but he doesn't really have to do that you know what i'm saying and i think that there needs to be some appreciation and humility for uh, someone who does that you know what i'm saying is you're not entitled he's not entitled to date you or take you out right you know what i'm saying and i think women need to show more humility um and appreciation for that you know what i'm saying not not by giving um you know sex or anything like that but uh, show the humility and appreciation in your attitude. Like if I take you to Chipotle, uh, how you treat him. If I take you to Chipotle and I allow you to get the guacamole, I deserve you some respect. That. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> so just simple, basic human respect. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, I let you get guacamole too because you know that's extra. Yeah, just simple, basic human respect. You know what I mean? That's extra, man. That's all. No, yeah, I remember that when I was younger. Though I would, I I would go out on a date and let's say my money was funny a little bit, and you'd be sitting there like you just you just like adding the shit up in your head. You're like, 
know what I hate is the waiter, the damn waiter, too. Always upselling. You want to look at the wine menu? I'm like, no, nah, I want to look at the wine menu. And then they'll be like, oh, you want dessert? Like, mm-hmm. no. Nah. We're gonna get some ice cream at the uh, right, you know right eight. Yo, afterwards, can take mo. You know another thing I that irks me is when we oh, you we talk about relationships and you or, or whatever you hear people talk about relationships and they like they leave the money part out. You know what I'm saying? Like money don't matter. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it don't cost to go out to eat. <laughs> Right, or something you know, you, you you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's personality and you, you well, know, character of a person. And you know, I remember I had this joke where I was like, I ran into this this old high school friend of mine, and she was like, Hey, Wayne, you looking real handsome now. You know, are you dating anybody? I'm like, No, nah, I'm not really dating like that because I don't have the money like that to be dating around. She was like, Wayne, it's not about money, it's about self esteem. And you know when we went out, I took her out because I was like, "Wow, she might be the one." And then when the waitress <laughs> bought the check back, she asked me, "How would you be paying that, sir? Cash or card?" I was like, "Do you take self esteem?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> and that's why a lot of uh, people relationships down the line, uh, like it goes, it it, it it they they break up because it's like then because the money was the issue. You know what I'm saying? If you make that up front in the beginning, like, all right, hey, all right, this is the situation. Da, 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 da. All right, well, we can work with that. We can we can work to build it and, you know, get that to where we want it to be. You know what I'm saying? If people talk like that, then I think, you know. But you know, there is a way when your money isn't right where you can date. Well, it's not even really dating, but you can definitely get something out. And that's if you become her big guy. So what I mean by that is where that's the best job in a woman's roster because that other guy will take her out on a date and then she'll say, you know, I feel good. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go down. And then she calls you over and then you supply the. You know what? (laughs) So (laughs) you become the dick guy. No, yeah, no. Right, you know. I mean, yeah, and, and, and that's another reason too why I'm like, why, why, why am I even spending taking you out? Or you, you know what I'm saying? You probably yeah, you going back home and you smashing the next dude. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, okay, I've been on both sides of the the fence, so <laughs> I know. You know, I mean, every like so, like when I was dating or whatever, I, I'm different. Like, so I do look at people's person personalities and stuff because if I can't get along with you <laughs> or or I'm going to say things that make you upset then I'm probably not going to um <laughs> or like if you open your mouth and it's non-intelligible things coming out I'm probably not going to vibe with you really at all I don't care how much yeah. money you have so I mean money like I said money is important but at the on the first date that shouldn't be like oh you need to take me to the top five star restaurant if you don't right. go there on your daily on in your daily life you probably shouldn't suggest to go someplace like that on a first date with somebody right. because you think they have money or anything like that right and so and like most most my friends they know i'm a little bougie when i eat mm-hmm. <laughs> so i a little I, I i tend to be in the little top-notch restaurants but mm-hmm. if i'm going out with somebody 
I'm going to suggest something that's maybe, you know, that's way more casual or something like that and not, you know, break the budget, you know, right. like, cause it's really about the connection with the, the right. person trying to get to know them. But right. just, I, I was dating this one girl. And, uh, so we go to an all encompassing, um, uh, resort where all the food is taken care of. Like I paid for it in advance. Right. Mm-hmm. So we go out to breakfast, right? It's all, it's like the greatest smorgasbord you've ever seen, right? I still remember it, right? And then tell me why I'm like, I get a $70 bill and I'm sitting there like, what the hell? Like, this is all paid for. She <laughs> ordered, she didn't order. See, the one thing that wasn't covered was the mimosas. Oh, <laughs> I'm about. I'm about she had a $70 mimosa bill. I was like, I was pissed. I remember I had a, a girl like, one time. I remember I had a girl one time. I, you know, I was like, you know, let's go. Maybe it's, let's go for a walk in the park. And she was like, walk in the park. I can walk in the park my damn self. Hilarious. I'm like, well, bye. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, all right, well, that. I gotta go. <laughs> but you know, this is what I mean, man. This is you know the experience. You get what I'm saying? It's it's fun. It's funny. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I know I had a girl that told me, you know, I was like, maybe we should go out for some coffee. She's like, coffee? You broke or something? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And you know. That's just that's this is the experience. That's what I'm saying. This is what's out here, you know, Mo. I know you know you're a woman, so you you know you're not dating <laughs> women. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I know it may be far fetched to you to even. Well, hear no, that. I know there's some women that have like some ideals that you know I don't necessarily align with, but you know, to each their own. Like if I mean, if you out here dating a certain type of dude, most of those girls are dating a certain type of dude anyway. So I have friends that, you know, they only date people who are like high rollers, like use like Detroit ballers or whatever. Right, right. I mean, that's 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 who dating is for anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's who dating is for. I think you can be creative and you just have to find the right person or, you know, the right, you know, pool of people to pull from because. Sometimes we we date people who we think we like, oh, yeah, but they are a certain type of person that thinks a certain kind of way. So it's like, yeah, you keep choosing the right kind of wrong kind of people. Maybe you should choose a different type. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know what's funny, though? You don't know. uh, You don't know that they're not the right person. You know what I'm saying? Until yeah. you go through the experience with them, and then you know they reveal themselves. You know what I'm saying? But initially, you don't know because everybody's has their you know their best representative um, in front of them. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm kind of a realist, so so I'm mm-hmm. I'm usually what what I am is what you get. So right. <laughs> and then like my husband, our first our first the first time I actually kind of like hung out with him. He cooked me dinner. He cooked um, dinner and lunch for me. And so I, w- I was like, oh, that was really nice. Like he cooked all my mm-hmm. favorite foods from his culture. My husband's from Africa. So I, that that really impressed me that he, he would do that. Mm-hmm. 
Aww. And plus, Aww. you know, you know, I, I I look like I got money all the time, you know, and women come up to me like, oh, you must you must got a lot of money. I'm like, nah, I just work out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, That's it's it. funny. There's this fake uh th- people think I got a whole lot of money too. Like, um, unfortunately, uh, the baller, no. <laughs> Yeah, so people, because I don't have kids and I'm not married, so then they always think, "Oh, well, then you know your money is not spoken for." (laughs) Yeah, like like you ain't got shit to pay. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I mean? Because you know people equate happy money with happiness, and the two don't equate. You know what I'm saying? So you know if you go go get a positive guy, positive person. Um, you know, you're just gonna have that glow to you, and people just gonna assume, oh, wow, you must got some money. No, nah, I'm just taking care of myself, and you know, work walking in my purpose. You know what I mean? Amen. All right, we, before we get on out of here, uh, we gotta talk about your, your program, Tel Aviv. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, that was, uh, you know, I went to is- Israel um, to perform stand-up comedy. And um, I was like, yo, I got to document this stuff, man. And so, you know, I went out there and, um, you know, I met with a lot of comics out there in Tel Aviv. Um, I met with uh, Michal, Michal uh, Kirsten. You know, in English is Michelle. You know, I just I said it in Hebrew. <laughs> um, you know, Shahar Hassan, you know, Yochai Sponder. Um um Moran and um you know they were just real welcoming man and you know it was a great experience I loved it you know what I'm saying and I had uh put something together with my uh mass communication um you know knowledge you know um and I just created something you know what I'm saying um, I had started a, a GoFundMe, a crowdfunding platform uh, campaign um, to help raise, you know, some money to, you know, assist me with the with the whole project, and um, I did that through through comedy, um, you know. So I just thank comedy and everybody who who donated and and was a part of that. You know what I'm saying? All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how, how many episodes are there? Um, there are one, two, there's about four, I think four or five. Um, I have some up on Facebook and some on, some are in my, uh, my Facebook timeline. Um, you know, I did the best I can with what I had, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And I just wanted to shine, uh, light on the comedy scene in another part of the world because, you know, a lot of times we think comedy is just here Mm-mm. you know what i'm saying and it's all over you know it's all over the world everybody wants to laugh everybody wants to have a good time and when you find that common theme in in people uh you could make people laugh anywhere in the world you know what i'm saying and that's what i did i don't know how i missed this but you were doing a kevin samuels uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh snap yeah i did i did a little kevin samuels uh Oh wow! I gotta check that out. You know that's my boy. Bless you, man. That's my homie right there, the great Kevin Samuels. Big shout out! Not a fan. I think he's on tonight too. So 
Me and yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's uh, I'm gonna check him out tonight, right? Not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. That 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 was more of a uh, that was more of like a, a tribute. You know what I'm saying? Lord. Yeah, you know up. what I'm saying. Just just uh, showing my appreciation for for what that guy has done and and what is you know and what he's doing it. You know what I mean? Um, it's very brave and that's an honorable thing and that's a lot of work. He you said, know what I'm saying to be going back and forth with all those. Yeah, he, he had the great. <laughs> he is the greatest line ever. He said, "High value man, don't cheat. We just exercise options." <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't um, like him or, or whatever the case may be because he speaks a lot of truth. Truth. Um, or he speaks, you know, truth to people who are, are, are going through that. Um, there's really no voice for for men <laughs> in any media platform. You know what I'm saying? And he pretty much just found a niche and he's he's working it, man. And that's why he is successful in, in what he's doing, you know? Yeah, um, no, no, I, I'm a, uh, I, uh, me and Mosaic has gone back and forth about him pri uh, privately. Yeah, but, I mean, he says some good. My thing is with him is the way that he says them to, to like some things that he's the way he says things to women. Um, you know, I just think you can say things to people without saying it, you know, in such a manner that it seems like, like you're basically downgrading this person. Um, you know, and I've been, you know, I'm a personal driver, Kente, so I'm always in a lot of circles where these high value people are. And like some of the stuff that he says is true, but some of the stuff is just really like a superficial thing. And it's just like, I, I cause I see rich how rich wealthy men choose women and da 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 and you know those women that are in those spaces they look a certain way they mm -hmm. are a certain way they really they're, they're really some of them it doesn't matter about their intelligence whatsoever <laughs> you right. know you got i got enough brains for the both of us and then when because they like some most times they avoid the intelligent women because they kind of like independent and like you just want somebody to mindlessly kind of just like be your trophy and do what you want so i mean i so there's there's some truth to it but you know but i've seen like you know, this is my thing about it I don't agree right <laughs> this is my thing about it and we're not going to turn this into a kevin samuels thing but since i found that video uh is the women that are trying to get rich guys are as superficial as the men who only want hot chicks. So, right. I mean, so it's like, it's why are they like, I, I, why is one worse than the other? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I'm glad that some of these chicks needs to hear this. Like some, some chicks need to really hear, hear uh, with, you know, and, and it, it needs to be brutal. And it, you know, some of the stuff he says is, may not subscribe to you know that your your particular life you know what i'm saying but he is talking about those people of what um kente just just said you know what i'm saying he does talk about that people you know those people who are superficial and want all this guy with all this type of money and stuff like that but a lot of times they don't qualify to get it you know what i'm saying um and he's letting 
these young women know like, hey, you know, yes, you all right, you can have a guy or you, if you want a guy with all this money, but do you know what that entails? Right. You know what I'm saying? These men have a plethora of options. And, you know and, and honestly, to expect a man uh, like that's high value like that to be faithful is the silliest thing in the world. That's like you want to. It's like you want a man who has superpowers, but you don't want him to use it. It's like Superman. You can't fly while we're dating, <laughs> <laughs> man. Because like I've seen where there's guys who are like super super rich, and they have a wife, but they cheat. Um, and then their wife is not like look like anything like what they cheat with. And it's not that they don't love their wife any less, you know, they, they love their wife and they have children, da, 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 you know, she's just not, you know, they look at the other women as toys. And I've seen this happen like several times, like, wow, like this dude has a wife at home, but you know, his wife ain't worried about too much because she at home, she's living good, but you know, I'm quite sure he, like some of the guys I know that they've come out and they've actually had like a little trouble with their little side piece trying to you know outstep their boundaries but you know their wife shut that shit down and they typically have like paperwork involved with that like yeah keep it up you have to pay me a lot of money uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. but well, i just and i also another thing about it is that you know i feel like a lot of times that there are more uh things that talk about what women do but there's not any a lot of times where you see men telling men what they do wrong and i've seen videos of him telling men you know certain things there is, there is wait a minute men, okay. men get told what we doing wrong yeah nobody tell us nothing we, we get told and just every on, on TV, regular by every, every tv I, show is about how black men ain't you know <laughs> like there's a whole Curry movies how, how, how black men like color purple y'all favorite movie which i can't stand i mean that movie should have just been called negroes ain't shit that <laughs> movie wait waiting to exhale oh my god i mean like cry me a river it's y'all turn <laughs> women's point of view i'm talking about a man checking another man and that's sometimes we eric don't. jackson Derrick Jackson is man. I don't like him either. Here's your crown. I do not like him either, man. I, I'm saying though that there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, look, my thing is this. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys have are told all the time they don't cut the mustard. So I've been told, like he just said, a woman told him, "You ain't got no money, so you shouldn't be dating." I'm not right, or, or 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 the lady. What well, well, I gave you an example of uh, dating or me trying to date was, you know, a woman telling me, um, "I ain't gonna no coffee date." You know that you you must be broke or something like that. So we get that all the time. Like a woman can be homeless. I've seen women. I've seen women. Wait, I'm gonna just say this one thing. I've seen women on the bus stop. A guy pull up in a car. Maybe it's not the best car, right? And she had the nerve to put her nose up. And you, I'm like, oh, you driving the, you're on the bus. He's doing better than, if he had a skateboard, he's doing better than you. Well, she could just be commuting because maybe she don't want to drive a car. The, the point <laughs> is, how are you going to look your nose up and you riding the bus? <laughs> so, but I'm just saying though, like I get what you're saying. And honestly, I'd be honest, at first it was kind of, 
I, you know, I'm I'm about black people coming together. So, but then I'm like, man, these are things that have needed to be said for a long time. And, and, and you know what? <clears throat> this is this. It was what he's saying is things that we've been saying amongst each other forever. You you know what I'm saying? And it's now it's on a mass distribution um, network. You 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 know what I mean? Like before, for a long you time. couldn't say those things on a and major I, network. I also feel like the things that he said do not just apply to black women, and I think that's just the thing. Like because we, we already have such um, negative things out there about black relationships, is that it's always seen like the black women only do black women only do that. That is not true. I know some white women who are some cutthroats, and they come out here and they do men any kind of way. Right. Right. Like, no, I agree. I agree. Right, right. But you know, uh, what he's saying is universal. But he's, you know, he mentioned, he says black because he's targeting an audience. Well, I understand that, yeah. but at the same time, you the 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 the, the, the general population uh, who already kind of feel like, well, black women ain't you know shit anyway, or they don't date black women because of X Y Z. It's like kind of perpetuating that her narrative in a way, because a lot of men, because like. Even like my ex has said something. I was like, "Look, I'm not having this conversation with you because you're talking about what women are doing, but then you're not a high value man either." So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I, and I was like, "Well, I had to be real." And he got a little mad. I was like, "But no, you want a woman to be uh, a certain kind of way, but then you don't even fit what you're wanting from the woman." So, I mean, come on, that you have to be, you know, stay in your lane. Well, you you, you know, it's funny though, and I, I um. I'm gonna just say this and then we'll we'll move on because I don't wanna, you know, because I think this should be a topic that we should just have. But um uh I'll say this. One of the things that I want to do personally, and I was just talking about this, is there is a crisis in the black community between black men and black women. Very much so. And to the point, not even just on a romantic point, but just on a just like we don't root for each other, you know, and there's a lot of issues with that. And one of the things I want to start doing is I want to start having mixers. I know right now is a terrible time because of COVID, but I'm going to just envision that things are going to open up. They say in June, I think, or July, it's supposed to open up uh, completely. But I want to start having mixers where black men and women, and it's not about hooking up, just where black men and women can come together and enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. And just kind of promote unity between black men and women. Uh, and one thing too is, I'm not gonna tell people that they have to check their cell phone, but I'm gonna be like, you can't be there. I can't stand when somebody's on a dang cell phone in a public event. You know, like we're gonna ask people to put their cell phones up. You know, if if you get an emergency mm-hmm. call, you can take it, but you got to step out of the room. But you know, but I, I really want to get this to because it's important our community is failing and if we don't address the divide between black men and black women we're gonna have a problem now my thing won't be about blaming each other because i mean there's blame to go around but it's about the idea of you know what we have to do something to change this narrative because a lot of black men have very low opinion of black women and black women have a lot of low opinion of black males and the truth is we cannot we're not going anywhere without each other 
Right. You know, we can't have a community divided. There's no community and there's no us. And we can't even so, have each other without one another. I mean, because who's who's producing people? And, right. and, you know, and like I have my own, you know, set of issues I've had with um, African-American men. And now I date an African man. So I caught slack because I married an African man. Um, but I mean, you know, that, don't, that still counts. To me, that counts. Mm. It's just that some people, they feel like, oh, why'd you do the African man? But I was like, it was easier for me to date and marry someone whose whole life has been surrounded around the subject of you, you marry someone, you know? So like, I didn't have to jump through a lot of the hoops and stuff that I had to with um, some, you know, black American men. My husband's ultimate goal is was to get married. That was to fulfill his dean. He's Muslim. So that seemed like he's fulfilled one half of his dean by marrying and being and being honorable to his wife. And so I don't have to deal with a lot of things that I had to deal with, you know, in certain relationships. And it was like, you know, yeah, there was just certain things that I needed. Like I wanted somebody who would travel the world. I want, and not to say I can't there find you go. that. That's yes, what I'm saying. That, that's a win. Too. That's a come up. Yeah, so I not that I want I couldn't find that in African American dude, but the guys that I wanted to, I could not. Um, that I would, you know, I mention that, and then they'll be like, "No, nah, I ain't going out the country." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, no, 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 me, me, and Wayne are well. I guess you're not African American, <laughs> Wayne, but uh, uh <laughs> but okay, I mean, you're right. I mean, like I said, there's guys out there I can come across. Yeah, we both are. That's who we are. And I'm I'm sure our friends are like that as well. Well, can't so, I would have met you like uh <laughs> I mean I'm not saying I know, but, but, I'm not saying myself specifically, but I know, but I know I know what you're yeah. saying. But like most, those guys you, out there, I just didn't find them. <laughs> I think I think you raised a good point of of, of what, what I got out of what you just said is that you know, African American men they need to be more worldly. And understand their, you know, um, that this is a whole, you know, there's a big picture here than just, you know, little old, little old America. You, you know what I'm saying? Is that black people, uh, people of African descent, um, it's not just here in America. It's black is a right. world thing. You know what I'm saying? There's a world outside your black. Right. It's not just black people but in America. There's black people around the world. But also, though, let's be honest, a lot of sisters don't Stank. like, they like, uh, magnificent. Yeah, they like, I mean, they like, my friends they like that, though. They I like, ignorant, they like, ignorant Negroes, you know, them girls in Flint be liking those thugs. <laughs> well, hey, you know, <laughs> let, 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 let let's keep it real, that, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's keep it real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, and like if a brother, like never... brother, thugs, thugs, he loves but, No, but I'm saying though is he ain't gonna want to travel to Dubai unless he's uh picking up a package. You know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> he'll be like, "Yeah, I gotta catch." You gotta that. go that far for the What are you talking about? <laughs> but you know, what I'm saying is like, like there's a there there's a thing I want to talk about this so bad on the show. A lot of our young brothers who are show off show at a young age intelligence and they, they don't have swag, which I hate. 
like a lot of our young sisters are, think they lame and corny. Yeah, I mean, but you have the the TV telling them they need a nigga that's a baller. You have, uh, you know, television. You know, have even the rap culture. They're like we just like this money over everything. So it's like if this nigga ain't got money, then he ain't got nothing. So it's like you know, nigga fourteen. I understand that, but you know, <laughs> at fourteen, you know, they they like this is what life is. You know, you see what's on. But you got a bicycle. <laughs> you have to show. You have to show children. Um, other ways you have that we we and and that happens when you travel. So people like wonder why I have so many different kind of experiences. I traveled as a kid. But my, one my, of my birthday gifts was a train ride to Toronto, so but, I can go to a French restaurant and and order in French because I spoke French. So I was like, oh, that that was one of the things that I wanted to do, and my 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 family made a way for us to do that. You have to get outside of. I don't care if you, you don't have to go to Canada, but you can go somewhere else in your own state or a state over and show kids different things. But you missing my point. My point is that we elevate the wrong black men in our community. So what happens is we create these brothers who are highly intelligent engineers and all that stuff. That might be, that might, you know, they um, can take, why don't we do a show on that? Let's do that. You know, hit hit me up, call me back. (laughs) We can do it. Let's do a show on that. Yeah. Because you know, and it, and it's I'm not. It, I mean, it's it's more than just. I got hold on. I use the bathroom, man. Right. It's uh, a <laughs> his bladder is weak. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I mean, it, like, and it's kind of sad though because uh, I see this all the time, and you know, you deal with with kids, right? Oh with, yeah. With, with young uh, black uh, males, uh, you see, like, you see them at a young age. And they want to learn and they want to, you know, they're all into books and everything. And then there's something that happens around third, fourth grade where they, you know, either, you know, they start becoming something different. And the ones that do stay on the path, they are isolated from their community because they're considered lame and corny and they got no swag. And they get, you know, and I look at other communities where, the intelligence is exalted more, mm-hmm. you know? and we have to change that. We have to change that dynamic. You know, people get mad at they say like there's no there's a thing where people are saying, well, oh, we need to stop these immigrants coming in our country. To, are they stealing our jobs? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, wait a minute, how are you mad at Nigerian people for having these high powered doctor, engineer, biochemists, da, 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 jobs? You have to have high, uh, you know, high end degrees for that. You can't say somebody's stealing your job and you don't have the um, the credentials to even do the job. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to, to <laughs> right, at least have I, the wait credentials. A minute, wait a minute, wait, but don't wait a minute. Say that. Don't have these degrees, but um, there are lots of black people who are getting high power degrees and they have these jobs. There are, but there are people that are complaining are usually people who are working class people who do not have these degrees. And then even if you are complaining about immigrants taking jobs, when was the last time you was going to sign up? I was heard somebody say, oh, I'm going to be a, a, a custodian. I, I want to be a, a housekeeper for the rest of my life. I want to go and pick vegetables and be a strawberry picker. Nobody is taking <laughs> your jobs. No, you know what, though? I got to call out the Nigerians because they're always emailing me. Hey, I don't know what you are talking about. Why are you why are you talking about this all? You 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 you, you 
No, because you're starting to adapt this American lifestyle. I don't like it. <laughs> Smoking the refowl. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but no, these are great, great things. That, and I definitely want to, I want to have like a real civilized conversation about it. And um, because these are things that definitely needs to be talked about. And, uh, you know, I mean, we can get a couple of other people on this panel, but um, because this, these are just, important things now i know i thought we i know you're sitting there like i thought we were just gonna talk about comedy <laughs> and uh, you know um so um what should we be on the lookout for from you wayne um i have i i am um part of a fundraiser um coming up J- june 10th i'm gonna post that up on my social media i'm gonna send it to you commit it's a virtual show you say commit I mean, kinetic. <laughs> you got a new name. Where I where I come from, and um, my uh, one minute TV show, Stage Charm, uh, on my my uh, Instagram and social media, uh, designing one liners. Uh, watch out for that. I'm going to be shooting, pumping out some new uh, episodes soon. Uh, I'm just getting things situated here in the studio um so yeah that's you know that's what's uh that's what i'm doing right now you should, um, do, a, you should do a show called stage from my uh, show from my bit <laughs> um um getting off comedy series season two on amazon prime coming out this fall um i was in detroit um february um and um i did a, a stand-up comedy taping um for amazon prime so that's that'll be out in the fall nice um, congratulations man. so watch out for that yeah thanks very proud of you man mm-hmm. i love it man mm-hmm. um are you gonna be um uh so you're in new york are you gonna be uh performing on stage anytime soon um what i got any stage work coming up soon uh th- i believe july i'll be probably doing something around my birthday here in new york once uh the clubs and stuff open up you know okay yeah um, uh when you gonna come back to la to, and uh hit the comedy store and some of the other places you know what i'm thinking um part in october because there's a good chance that i might be coming out there for the comedy gives back uh celebrity golf game um you know i was one of the recipients of the grant um congrats this year you know all like the the comics who were affected because of the covid shutdown and had their shows and their work just you know canceled so shout out to comedy gives back man that's awesome i love it man uh like i said man i'm i'm so happy for your success and uh can't wait for your next project and we got to have you back on. I'm talking about like, I mean, I, I'm down to do it next week because this is a great topic. Yeah. To, uh, um. You know what? Let's let's do it next week because then I'll, you know, I'll um, I won't be laying down. You know, I'll be, the studio and everything will be ready, but should be ready by then. And you know, I could sit up and you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I feel like we need to have a pillow fight or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Uh. All right, so um, and how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? 
Uh, follow me at Stage Charm. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Clubhouse. You know what I mean? And and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And so you can check out that Kevin Samuel sketch. <laughs> and it's in the um it's it's on uh in the show notes too for the show. So uh yeah. thanks, so- man. Uh, Tel Aviv Art Culture and Laughter docu series up on YouTube. Uh, go ahead, check that out too. All right. All right, so Mosaic, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? You can find me on Instagram at Mosaic Star and Twitter and also on Clubhouse. All right, and when are you going to invite me to some of them Clubhouse? You, I haven't you on there. I'll be seeing you on there, <laughs> and you ain't giving me no advice. I, I don't feel no love. I like sometimes, like it'd be room, like I'd be in a room. Like, I want to, like, so Friday nights, I got to invite you to the, uh, to the Harlem late night jazz room. Okay. You and like you go in there, and there's like actually some legends like pop up in there sometimes. So if you know, you get to talk to some jazz legends. Um, and then when the next time, like, I don't really like sometimes I it depends on what the topic is in the black room because they just be sometimes it'd be on some debauchery. But I've got I like debauchery, (laughs) so I got 30 is uh one of my other favorite rooms too so yeah you don't don't have to curate your invites to me you could just send me you don't be like oh oh you know like like i'm above debauchery right (laughs) i'm definitely uh not above debauchery um (laughs) uh you could give me a kente f on twitter at kente ferguson on uh instagram and of course the website is indyradio.org that's indy radio.org uh, you guys have a great rest of your week. You too. Love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And if I catch a case because of that possum, do not care the possum. My, my, my GoFundMe is uh, not just. We need uh, marsupials. <laughs> oh man, I should. I literally should. Well, maybe I don't want to say a crime on. Right, because people, you'll have Peter coming after you. He'll be after me, that that Negro that was on uh, from the animal control. He's probably circling my block. (laughs) Talking about he protected. If you're just coming in now, you might want to go, I think, at the halfway. So, uh, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. But if you're on Clubhouse, you can get me as well. Uh, What am I on Clubhouse? I think I'm Kente. What am I? Something like look at Kente Ferguson. I think that's how I'm you quite sure he's probably one of the few Kentes. There's probably all right, guys. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna call check out and follow y'all. All righty. Yeah, definitely, man. All right, peace. <laughs>